Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Gamerpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Bradford Carlton. Today, I have a very special guest with us. I have Scott Henry. Hey there, Scott. How's it going? Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I'm beautiful. It's a sunny day in Las Vegas. How about yourself? Oh, it's great here in Dallas. So enjoying it while I can. <laughs> All right. So Scott, you've got a lot going on. Why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself and we'll get started. All right. Uh, my name is Scott Henry. Obviously, I go by the uh, name of King Texas. I am a 44-year-old gamer, which is one of the rarest things I apparently I found. Um, I represent a team called Four Kings as their CEO and one of the main streamers of the team. We are a gaming and entertainment team, which means that we focus on streaming, putting out videos. We do have a COD team, Call of Duty, and stuff like that. Um, so that's enjoyable. It takes up some of my time. Um, I'm a father. I have two grown sons. My youngest just graduated high school Friday night. So that that's one of my proudest achievements. He'll be leaving for college here in a couple months. Um, and that's allowing me to spend a little bit more time doing some of my extracurricular activities. Uh, I am an exterminator by nature. So I have been doing pest controls since I graduated high school. Um, I've already told you how old I am, so I might as well tell you I've been doing that since 1993. So that is usually six days a week, 12 to 14 hours a day on top of everything else I do. So very cool. And you're a giant Batman fan. Obviously. Um, love Batman. Um, I think one of the main reasons I love Batman so much, as we've discussed earlier, is, you know, the duality between the good and the evil. Also, you can have Superman and the Flash. Everybody has superpowers, but he came from nothing. You know, I mean, I can't, a billionaire that came from nothing. Let me rephrase that. He's just a normal guy, you know, that came and does superhuman things with just his 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 debility of his brain and his body so if and it's one of those motivating things where be it a comic book movie or not it's still a good message absolutely and having been an attorney myself there's just something i love that and that's my favorite character of all time there's just something about like his concept of justice because there is so much injustice in the legal system yes I mean, especially now with everything going on, you know, it, it, it's, it's a very trying time. I mean, 50% of me is mad. Like, why are you tearing stuff up? Why are you destroying stuff? The other 50% of me is like, yeah, I see it. Um, you know, because it's, it's, and it's not something a lot of times I feel comfortable speaking about because you know you're going to have the people that say, well, you don't have a right. You've never been. Well, you don't know what I've been through. I'm not going to lie. When I was 17, 18, 19, we all had our wild years. I've been on the ground with the cops on, on my back. It, it doesn't feel good, but I was not treated the same way they were. And it's, it's one thing to do what's being done now. I just, if, if anything, after all this, I just hope it affects some type of change, you know, and whether you're green, purple, black, yellow, we're all people. We all have the same common goals. We all want to live the American dream, the Canadian dream. We just want to live. We just have a dream. We all want to see that dream come to fruition. And it's not fair as a society to, to 
to judge people, A, by the color of their skin or by their profession. Um, going back to the exterminating, a lot of people think that I'm just an exterminator. I just go out and I kill everything. And that could be furthest from the truth. My main title at work is I'm a wildlife management specialist, which means that anytime there's a squirrel or a raccoon or possum, I'm usually the one responsible for getting it out of the person's attic or wherever it may be. And a lot of people's conceptions of that are is we kill them and it's not, you know, we, we release them. Um, I actually, to the left of me, have a squirrel that I've raised since she was a baby and she's about four and a half years old. So we do rehab with injured and wildlife. And this afternoon, probably after we're done, I will be releasing a baby possum that we've had for two months that is now finally able to be released back into the wild. So oh, that's how precious. So that's fun. I mean, it's, it, and it's, it's a juggling act because obviously we've only been talking for a few minutes and you can see everything I do and we haven't even gotten to the gaming part. Yet, so sure. All right. Now I'm going to ask you my first question. I ask everybody this mm -hmm. question. If you've seen any of my episodes, you know, mm -hmm. like I always say is my first question. So on a scale of one to 10, 10 being high, how weird are you, Scott? 10.2. <laughs> I mean, 10.2. And it's, and it goes to what I was saying, you know, it's, you see most people my age, they're out golfing, doing other stuff. You know, most of them you don't see sitting in front of a, a video game for two to three hours and then another two hours in front of a PC trying to edit um, clips together to make a video. Um, and then obviously with the, with the Batman and everything, it's, it's, it's nice. That's one of the reasons I'll do like going to the conventions. It's because you're around a bunch of like-minded people. Um, you feel more comfortable in, you know, in your own skin because you don't have to worry about anybody you know, teasing you or harassing you. It's like, why is this 44 year old man wearing Batman Converse? So, yes. <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, this is the gamerpreneur. Yes, I need sir. your gaming cred. When did you first start playing video games? I started playing video games when I was probably six years old, seven years old, when the Atari came out. I remember going to the bowling alley with my mom as a kid and she'd hand me a handful of quarters and I would go to the arcade. And of course the arcade at that time consisted of like six pool tables and, and you know, a Pac-Man space invaders to typical. And I will never forget. I felt like a millionaire the day my dad came home with an Atari 2600 and to be able to sit there and play the same games in my living room that we were playing with at, at the bowling alleys at the arcades and over the years to progress from the Atari and then to the Nintendo, then to the Super Nintendo. And then I kind of, I don't know, my, my high school years were, were pretty total sports from football and basketball. And about a year after I graduated high school, I moved in with some guys and one of them had a um, Nintendo. And we started playing again. And I, I had probably hadn't played a video game in three years. And, at that point, I decided I'd never quit again. And I've, I've upgraded every year. I've stayed with the PlayStation. Um, usually one of the first ones in line. I'm just, it, it is a nice, to me, this is my therapy. No matter if you're 12 to 14 hour a day, no matter how bad everything goes, you come home to be able to sit down and just 
go to a fantasy world, whether you can blow up a building without actually having to hurt somebody or drive around at 80 miles an hour, or do Grand Theft Auto without having to worry about getting a ticket, where in the real world you can't do that. So you don't have anything out there to blow stress off. And it's nice. It's a nice reliever. It's to be able to come home and do that. And it's and, and I say come home and do that. Usually my routine is work, come home, spend time with the family, the wife, the kids. And then once everybody starts to settle down for the evening is when I'll settle down and start my stream or start my video games. You know, there's a lot of nights maybe I don't stream, I just want to play. And, sure. and, it, and it's, it's, it's a hard balance, but it's a balance. You have to prioritize, you know, with everything going on in your life. And sometimes, yes, I want to do challenges in Fortnite, but sometimes I have to change the oil in my car. <laughs> <It's>, right. <laughs> All right. So um, I'm not trying to, say you're older but as an older mm -hmm. gamer um how do you feel about the rise and fall of arcades because they just don't really exist anymore no i mean to as as a teenager tilt in the mall was was it um growing up we had one down the street from our house but we weren't allowed to go to that one it was the obviously the stereotypical early late 70s early 80s arcade all the hoodlum teenagers were in there smoking and you know, 10 and 11 years old, you just weren't allowed to go in. Um, so that was nice again, when I was talking about how being able to play at home. But as I got older, mid-teens, being able to go to the mall, to go to Till, and see a nicer environment to be able to play, but, it, but nothing ever, ever beat the experience of sitting in your own living room and it was hard to beat that. Um, I think Dave and Buster's has done a real good job in incorporating the adult with the child, you know, bringing the adult in you and the child in you out at the same time. They're like, Hey, here's a giant super Mario brothers. And, and it, for, if you get high school, you get a free beer and like motivation. So uh, it's, it's very nice in that, in that point. Um, I, I like to see more of them. I've noticed a lot of, uh, and I'm not even saying mainly so much as an arcade, but what I would like to see is maybe sites set up dedicated to gaming for people who don't have the ability to game at home. Because having a PlayStation at this point at home without internet connection, and there's a lot of people that just don't have internet connection. And there's nothing that can be done about it. It's, it is what it is. And it may not be, it might not just be financial. It might be location. Um, where I live at south of Dallas for the first couple of years I lived here, the internet was so hit or miss and none of this would have ever been possible. Um, but through years of improvement, it's helped, but I would like to get something to where kids in the neighborhood, almost like a YMCA for gaming where you can go into it and it's got a wall of PlayStation games, a wall of Xbox, some retro, maybe some super Nintendo, Sega, you know, something where you can go and play and have a safe environment, just kind of, you know, once again, back to the common motto of like-minded people, because that's when you're going to be your, your, I guess you're the most relaxed, your most yourself, you know? And, and I think a lot of times it, like when you go to some of those arcades, it, it's just, it's, it's just not there. Um, you feel rushed, like, especially Dave and Buster's on a, on a busy Friday night, you, you know, you're, you're not going to be able to sit at that game you want to play for two hours because you're going to have a line behind you. But if you have something where you like, not even 
like if you have a membership, like you pay $10 a month and you can go here whenever you just, it's, I would like to see that at some point. Maybe that, maybe I just came up with an idea for business right now. Like yeah, there's a good chance. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Scott, um, how long have you been streaming? Uh, started three years ago. Okay. What got so, you into it? My son, <laughs> my oldest, <coughs> pardon me, my oldest, I was into a game called H1Z1 and I was asking him questions about it. And he says, well, why don't you watch this guy? And he showed me a guy named Optic Big Timer who was really big into it. And I was watching, I was like, well, this is weird. He goes, yeah, he's streaming. I was like, well, what is that? You know, it's like, I, I didn't really know what Twitch was. I didn't really know, you know, to me streaming was what I'd seen on YouTube and stuff where it's people just like we're doing now, but they're doing it from their, just their living rooms and talking. I didn't know you could actually like stream video games. And then he came in and he pulled up my PlayStation and he says, watch this. And he pulled up the settings and it said broadcast. And from the very first time I ever hit broadcast, it's, it's been addicting ever since. Um, it goes back to the release and the relaxation. Um, sometimes it's a little more stressful than I think I bring that on myself. I put too much pressure on myself. You know, it's everybody wants to compete and it's hard to go in knowing that sometimes you have zero viewers you know it's hard to compete against others it's hard to compete against yourself sometimes um and then there's some days you'll have in three to four viewers and then there's some days you have 10 to 15 but my main thing is as long as i'm enjoying the game it's, i'm going to stream it and whether you watch it live or you come across it later i hope that i can help somebody you know that's my main thing is I try to have fun. Obviously, sometimes you rage. Video games do that. But my main goal is I want somebody who's having a bad day to click on my stream and laugh. You know, whether I said something funny, whether I died horrifically, if it makes you laugh and feel better for that 10, 15 minutes you're watching me, that's great. Um, a lot of my streams I do just for, for fun, obviously. I'm not out here being Mr. Professional. I'm not trying to to change the world on the two hours I have a night, I'm just trying to change the world as a people, not the world, but change the views of the people that come into the stream that may have a question, that may not understand how something works. Um, in the three years I've started this, I've probably helped a lot of people get started on their own because a lot of people like me didn't realize how easy it is. A lot of them see the big streamers like Ninja and all of them on twitch and mixer that have thousands and millions of viewers and followers and they see all the money they're making and they think that i can do that and you should think that that should be your first mindset is i can do that but that just because that's your mindset doesn't make it a reality there's a lot of grinding and that's the word i never thought i'd use as much is grinding because on top of everything else that i do throughout the day I have to think, what am I streaming tonight? Am I going to do this? Is it going to be relevant to what's going on? Um, I really like, but I was supposed to be streaming Grand Theft Auto this week and I'm just, I'm not doing it because a lot of it gets really violent and there's a lot of stuff in it. That's, um, <clears throat> I'm trying to take away from everything on this outside world that's going on right now. And if you're trying to escape from that, I certainly don't want somebody to have to come to a stream and watch it in my stream. Um, so it's, 
basically, it goes. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of the most perfect way to say it. It's, it's in my head. I just can't get to come through that filter. Sure. It's my zen, and I want it to be somebody else's zen too, because I think for everybody out there, just because you're not playing a certain game doesn't mean you don't have to watch and enjoy that particular yeah. streamer. So That's it's fantastic. Okay, now Scott, um, you're part of a stream team. How how did that start up? Um, about two and a half years ago, thanks to Twitter, I received a DM from a guy named Fancy Orb, and Fancy does a lot of Rust videos, and he had gotten involved with a team called Omega, and basically what this was was they were a team, they had seven to ten of us, and we would go on the team channel one once a night and it was it was a it was a business and it still is a business and basically what it does is you go in you assign a night like i usually had monday nights and any money that was generated during a stream went to the team you know bits and donations and subs and whatnot so that helps fund apparel which apparel helps fund professional teams like i we were able to you know, to pay a couple guys to go to tournaments and represent us, you know, so which helps your brand. Um, unfortunately, that team itself only lasted about six months until we were absorbed by 4R Kings. But once I've joined 4R Kings, I've been with them over two years and just I progressed from a streamer to stream lead. Um, and then I've been the CEO now for a little over a year and a half. So it's, it's my responsibility on top of it and it's so funny because it's like on top of everything else we got going on i also have to scout um watch other streamers uh other streamers other teams contact me regarding joining um, make sure they're up to i don't like to have a lot of i don't want to be judgmental and be like well you only have 33 ballers you're not you're not joining our team that's not my mindset my mindset is every person that joins that team has potential the only thing that would get you kicked off our team would be toxic behavior, racism, criminal behavior. We just, anything that would disrespect or make our brand look bad. Um, we have had several successful apparel drops. We competed last year at in the Call of Duty World League in Fort Worth, which I got to attend and participate in. That was probably one of the highlights of my career and so far. I was supposed to do it this year um, but obviously with the uh, coronavirus, so it's been put off right now till October. So more to come. Okay. This like, you've got a deep professional background. So let's talk about your extermination. Like what mm -hmm. got you into that? I was bit by a brown recluse spider. <laughs> oh, that doesn't sound so fun. Um, it was, and it, uh, and it's funny as now just talking about it, it actually goes back to video games too. Um, at the time, I was working as a landscaper. I was living in my first apartment with three of my friends. They were all at work. It was raining, so I was home. And it's noon. I decided I'm going to play some video games, so I bust out the Super Nintendo with some original Mortal Kombat. And I, um, <clears throat> pardon me. I uh, was in the middle of the game, and I felt something on my arm. And I looked down and there's a spider crawling up my arm. I smack it. Didn't even think anything else about it. And about an hour later, it was a painful red welt right there where I'd hit it. 
So I had about six more weeks left on my military dependencies. So I decided to go up to the military hospital up the street from our house. And I scooped the spider up in a little cellophane baggie and took it with me. And the doctor said it was um, brown recluse. He gave me a shot in the area. And to this day, I don't have pigment in that area. That's about the only side effect I got from that. However, the gentleman that came to spray our apartment was a guy I had played football with in high school for a couple of years. So he was giving me a hard time about well, what were you doing home to be bit by in the first place? You should have been working. And I was like, well, I do landscaping. It was raining. And he's like, oh, you got to come work with us. And it was during a slow period in the landscaping. So just on a whim, I went in and checked with them and they hired me on the spot. I worked there for seven years and this was in Virginia. And I worked there until I moved to Texas and I moved here in 2000 and I've been with the same company, Mitch cities pest control here since. So going, going on almost 20 years. Very cool. So, now, um, being with a, any job for 20 years, you know, nowadays is kind of an accomplishment. What, what keeps you there? It's a different, it's different every day. It's the, it's never the same. Um, anywhere between eight to 15 stops a day and every stop is going to be different. So you're not, you're not stuck in the same rut. You're not doing the same thing. It's you're not just stamping paper, stamping paper, um, or button pushing, uh, I, I couldn't see myself in an assembly line or any of that. I, I enjoy the the fact that I could be at a stop and I know that in 45 minutes, I'm going to be somewhere else. And then in 45 minutes from there, I'm going to be somewhere else. So about two years ago, I was promoted to service manager, which meant that I was going to have to leave the field, which sounded great. And I worked in the office for about two weeks and I was like, no, put me back in my truck. I need to be. And I, and I did, I demoted myself just to get back out of my truck and I've never been happier since. Right. And it's, and it's nice. It's not that it's, it's more of the helping. I enjoy being the reason that when I leave, people no longer have the problem. Um, it's challenging. You can't, like I said, every job is different. I could have 15 ant jobs and every ant job is going to be different than the ant job before it. It's not all cookie cutter. You don't just walk in. You can't just spray and go. Some of it you have to do a thorough investigation, which I know this goes way back, but my junior and senior year of high school, I trained to be a police officer in a vocational school as part of our, my high school training. So I feel like that helped me out a lot with as far as my investigation techniques and stuff as far as, you know, determining evidence as far as what insect or rodent or other pests may be causing their issue. So because it is different every day, every, it doesn't seem like it gets old. Okay. Um, it's, it's nice to, uh, to have loyal clients. Um, I have over, we have over probably 3000 regular clients that we deal with on a regular basis through our company and 450 of them are mine to where no other tech will go there because they won't allow any other tech other than me. That's a so huge that business. It, 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 it's a huge compliment. I gotta, I gotta ask, like, what's the most extreme or most you know memorable experience you've had, or what job was the one that stands out? The four foot alligator in a pond in Hutchins, Texas. 
if you know where Hutchins, Texas is, it's nowhere near where an alligator should be. So the only thing I could think of is somebody had this alligator at some point and couldn't keep it anymore. And this was the closest place they could get rid of it. We're not too far from Louisiana. So it, it's not, not unusual for somebody to go down there, come back with a baby thinking it's going to be cool. And then a foot or two later and 60 more pounds later, it's not as fun as it used to be. Um, so we ended up having to get him. I, we, we had several ways we were going to try, but I ended up just grabbing him. <laughs> and it was, you just wrestled out. <laughs> it was grabbed by the tail. He whipped around on me and it was, in my head, it was probably five minutes of slow motion, but I think the whole incident probably took about 2.4 seconds. And it was pretty much grabbed his tail from keeping him going in the water. When he whipped around, I got behind him and just pushed my head down on his head, on my hands down on his head so he couldn't lift up. And then the owner of the property that was with me uh, proceeded to wrap his mouth with duct tape. And once we had that, it was pretty easy. We, we just each grabbed a side and put him in the back of the truck and we drove two hours back to Louisiana from there and dropped him off in a little parish off of uh, one of the main highways there. So, and it was, it was nice. It was, it was rewarding to, to, to cut the tape and have him go towards the water. And when he turns around and just gives you that one last look, like, okay, <laughs> like, like he wasn't expecting that. He didn't know what was going on. And, to this day, I just like to think he's still out there swimming around, enjoying his second lease of life. Legally, we could have done it the easy way because he was over three and a half feet tall and was aggressive. We could have shot him. And that was not ever an option for me. Um, I've, and the second one would be in North, North Texas, closer to Wichita Falls. We handle a lot of the Texas Department of Transportations. And we received a call about a snake in the garage. And when I got there, obviously two hours later, the snake was nowhere to be found. And what it had done, it had gotten up in behind a um, vending machine. And when I finally got it pulled out, it was a four and a half foot Western Diamondback rattlesnake. Oh, geez. And what was weird was the whole time we were doing it, it never rattled. So we were under the assumption it was a rat snake and there was a point where my arm was back behind there pulling the uh the actual vending machine and he could have got me at any time and he didn't and it went back to i grabbed him with my sticks i put him in the bag and the lady was like are you going to take him out back and kill him and i was like no <laughs> she's why and i was like he didn't ask to be a snake you know, he didn't choose to be, and he didn't bite anybody. He was never aggressive. He had every opportunity to bite me, and he didn't. And and once again, took him about 45 minutes away, let him go in, a, in, a, in an area that way he wouldn't be a danger to anybody else, and nobody would be a danger to him. Okay. So, it's, so I want to ask, you know, what – what makes you special? Because you're able to like hold this amazing job and you're, you're a streamer as well. You're a CEO of a stream team. You've got all this stuff going on. How are you able to do this? How are you balancing it all? I don't know. <laughs> that, that's, that was, um, it, I, I think one thing that helps is starting later. You know, most of the, that's how I keep wanting to call them kids. There are some adults. Most of the guys on my team are, 
any range in age from 17 to 24 would probably be the average medium. So I'm 20 years probably older than the oldest kid below me. And they've got so much going on between their social lives and school and everything else. I'm able to take my experience that I learned, you know, you really learn how to prioritize as a parent, you know, especially with two boys, they're doing two different things, you know, so you're constantly being pulled two different directions as so you're, if there's anything that teaches you how to multitask, it's being a parent. So I think being a parent and taking the time to raise my kids and enjoy my family has allowed me to now be able to appreciate and focus on the streaming, the, the work, the family. It, it, the, the number one thing that any of it is prioritize. You know, when I was sitting here looking through what we were going to talk about earlier, when I got to prioritize was my main thing. You know, it, before you do anything, you should sit down with a piece of paper and write down what's the most important to you. And then kind of assign each one of those an amount of time. You know, well, work obviously isn't my most important, but it's the most necessary. Well, that's 12 to 14 hours. And I leave here about 4.45 in the morning. I get to work anywhere between 5.30, 5.45. I'm usually there till a little after six and I'm home at seven. So that gives me two to three hours with the family, which then in turn only gives me two hours or so to do, deal with the gaming. And because I obviously, I, I try to be in bed by midnight, most nights. <laughs> you know, which gives me four to four and a half hours of sleep a night, which, which I usually try to catch up on the weekend. But my main thing is, you know, you hear a lot of people say you sleep when you're dead. And it's true. You know, is you're, you're, none of this can be given back. None of this can be done over. You only get one shot at this. And I don't want to miss my shot because I chose to do something else that wasn't on my priority list. As much as I enjoy fishing, and going to hang out with my friends, they I could have gone and done that, but this this was not my priorities for today. So this that's why I mean it's you, my main thing is set that list, stick to that list, and as long as you stick to that list and it's successful, then you'll be successful. Now that's um, fantastic advice. And I, bouncing off that, if I can, I'd like to mm -hmm. ask if you could go back in time, you know, maybe to right after you graduated high school, how what would you do different, if anything? To be honest, not, not a whole lot. I haven't, I haven't really experienced any hardships or any, any, any dramatic failures in this because every failure is a lesson, especially with streaming. If you, if you stream strawberry shortcake and nobody came, well, that's a failure. No, you don't do that again. You know, you learn from it. Um, being this late in the game, you know, it's like, I can't go back and say I did this because if I did something different, it may not have allowed me to have my wife. It may not allow me to have the kids I have. So obviously if I could go back and change certain things, it would probably be just friends, you know, toxic friends that I thought were for me when the whole time they were just there for themselves. And, you know, and, and that's before gaming that even really, 
I've met some of the most genuine friends I've had. I've never met in real life, but you know, I've met, spent years talking to through video games. Um, I wish I wouldn't have taken a few years off and had dedicated more time to um, gaming around that time and taking it more seriously, going to more tournaments and maybe starting a little bit earlier. Cause I feel now I'm, I'm, I'm having to run twice as fast just to keep and catch up with what's going on. Um, that's one of the main things that I've focused on recently is not changing games so much. And earlier, I, I don't know, I was, I was so scatterbrained. It was this, that, this, that, you know, but it, but it goes back, back to what I said with the priorities. Um, the priorities really came into right after high school when I started working and having to balance time between work and a girlfriend and my family and at the time up there, my friends. And that's when you really find out, you know, who your true friends are and who your family is. And, you know, so as far as changing anything, it, it probably would just would have been some of the people I was hanging around, but really nothing else other than that. Okay. Kind of following up on that question, you mentioned failure as being mm -hmm. a great teacher. Yeah. What is, what, what would you consider to be your biggest failure and what lessons did you learn from it? Uh, I, I personally, I don't think you ever fail. If you learn a lesson from it, it truly wasn't a fail. If you continue to do the same thing, I do. I know that's the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting the same results. However, sometimes it's not, that's not true. Um, maybe sometimes it's just a slight tweak. Uh, sometimes it could be. So when I first started streaming for the first three weeks, I think the only viewer in there was me because I had it pulled, <laughs> pulled up and I'm in there talking to myself and my my biggest fail is my, I want to say impatience because I was in such a rush to get out and be a streamer that I just started streaming that I didn't take the time to go and look and see what all these other guys were doing and, and see what, what procedures they were doing. And then I started um, taking that and like, okay, well, I'm not getting any viewers. I'm not doing anything different. And then I look back and I said, Oh, I'm not doing anything. They're the ones that are doing stuff different. They're the ones that are clever titles, clickbait, as I like to say, um, tags. I didn't know what hashtags and everything was when I first started doing all of this. You know, that's a pound sign. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> so, um, like it's it's as far as that. If if you if you strive forward and actually gain anything from whatever experience, to me, it's not a failure. So when I was looking over it, that was probably the hardest question I was gonna have was failure. Um, I think I failed more in real life as far as, you know, letting people down. My, um, in the past, when I was younger, I was real selfish. So I think a lot of times I failed as a person but once again, I was able to sit back and look at my actions and now 
personally, I think I go out of my way more than a lot of other people to help everybody as opposed to using everybody to help myself. So, so in the end, you know, any, there is no failure if you learn from it. That's just, that's my mantra. All right. So kind of on the opposite side of that, what is, what is something you're working to improve on in yourself right now? My temper, (laughs) my, um, I do have a temper and not, and, it, and what's funny is that in real life, I'm a, I'm a teddy bear, straight up. You know, I could be mad at you and I'll still hug you. But something about video games, man, just brings it out. I mean, I know. Now you sent me a, a video clips of yours, and I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to have to bleep a lot on this one. <laughs> yeah, I um, it's, it's, it's hard. A lot of it's frustrating, and, and I'm working, I'm really, really working on it. But a lot of it's entertaining. A lot of people tune into it. But there's a difference between fun rage and rage rage and, you know, smashing a $70 controller because a guy shot you. You know, you weren't doing that when you shot the other guys. So I just, I, I need to improve on that. And and it also, as as a, um, if, if, as an image, you know, it's one thing I said is I want somebody to come to my stream and actually have a good day. Well, if they're having a bad day and then I'm having a bad day, well, we're just all going to have a bad day. And it's, that's no fun for everybody. At the end of the day, I just want everybody to smile and yeah. laugh and, and, and just, I've gotten a lot better, <laughs> a lot better at it. it um, it's some games it's required. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, it's when you're call of duty is, I think they put stuff in there just to make people yell. Don't, <laughs> they'll never admit it. <laughs> All right. Well, Scott, this has been wonderful. How do people find you? Where are you on social media? Um, on Twitter, I'm at King Texas. It's K I N G T E X X X A S. And same on Instagram. Um, feel free to look me up, follow me. Um, I'm King Texas with two X's on Twitch because three X's apparently was against the family guidelines and I'm a King Texas clubhouse on YouTube. Um, it's been a pleasure. I appreciate you having me on and giving me a chance to speak and it's, I've been watching you over the past, you know, a couple months and, and interacting with you on Facebook. I really enjoy it. Thank you for doing what you do and bringing this to the community. Certainly. And, you're one of my top fans now. Oh, <laughs> you, you, you always will be, man. <laughs> so um, you always count on me for support and I'll always be there. And if you ever need me to come on again, I'm more than a message away. Certainly. Well, so, I got one, one last thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Is there anything else you want to talk about or anything I didn't ask you think we still need to cover? Like, this is the last, last chance. No, I think, um, I think everything has been pretty much covered. We, we covered a pretty broad spectrum. Uh, just looking forward to some of the newer games that are coming out. The uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla looks amazing. Oh, yeah. Um, Call of Duty is getting a whole lot of new updates coming out over the next few weeks with different modes. Um, I'm probably this afternoon going to try a new game that I've, Valorant, that I got on a drop on Twitch a couple weeks ago and I just haven't had a chance to play. So just a lot of stuff coming out, a lot of you know, a lot of distractions from the crazy stuff that's going on in the world. You know, I just wish everybody would remember that no matter what color you are, what country you live in, you're still a human being and everybody deserves to be treated the same. And it's, it's sad that it's not the way. And hopefully 
after all this is done, everybody will sit back and look and realize, you know, that we're all one, you know, and just remember one of my main slogans that I use in life is you never grow old if you never grow up. And I love it. That's, that, that will be my, to the day I grow old, but I will never grow up. So. All right. Well, Scott so. Henry, thank you so much for coming on. It's King, Texas. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. And on that note, I will tell everybody. Don't be Thanks, just sir. a gamer. <laughs> be a gamer for newer. There you go, man. <laughs>